This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Comic Book Click at tpublic.com. Visit tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click to get exclusive one-of-a-kind merchandise including shirts, stickers, and phone cases all designed by us. Get your hands on the latest and greatest in comic book merchandise by going to tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. everybody out there in comic book land my name is george serrano aka the don and if you're listening to this you could only be here for one reason and that's a brand new episode of the major issues podcast brought to you by comicbookclick.com and as always i am never alone sir please introduce yourself i am dan the comic book man dan the comic book man is here in studio and we are birds of a feather because we're flocking together to review DC's latest installment into the DC Cinematic Universe, the very first comic book movie to take place in 2020, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, a.k.a. Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. I can't stand when, when studios do that because th- there's a lot of movies there. It'll be one title in America, but overseas yeah. it's like untotally other titles. I guess they don't the words don't translate properly. Well, or? this is the biggest case of like... Changing the title in uh, mid-run, if we if one could say that. I think another big thing about this is that very few change it for reasons other than what you just said. Translation reasons. Yeah. So, like, I know that... Um, well, like, the book is called Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah. It eventually gets changed to sorcery. I don't know why. I like Philosopher better. Um, you know, uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Is Live, Die, Repeat. Live, Die, Repeat. You know, so... It's a live die repeat was on all the posters and Edge of Tomorrow was very small. Like these. No, yeah, live, it was die, big. Repeat, live die repeat. Yeah, right. And so pe- everyone thought that the name of the movie was Live Die Repeat. Um, and yeah, so these names sometimes are also used to hone in on what the movie's actually about, as opposed to what it said it was about. And there is a lot more Harley Quinn than there is Birds of Prey, so I guess it makes a little bit more sense to call it Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. But for those who didn't. Or, well, I guess I should say, for the majority of Americans who have not seen this film yet, due to uh, what it's currently uh, sitting at as far as gross is concerned, um, what would you say to those um, sitting on the fence of Birds of Prey? Spoiler free. Uh, give us your your how you feel about this film. Uh, if I was to grade it on a on a, a five a five star rating, I would definitely give it like maybe a two point three. 2.4 out of 5 halfway halfway but halfway the reason why it's like if you're if you're looking if uh don't get upset about anything in this movie just don't take it seriously don't no you seriously <laughs> no, have I, to, I agree you I agree seriously you have think. to go That's into this movie and not expect anything if you do not have any expectations into this movie you'll generally have fun my very first showing of this movie i was not wanting to see it i did not want to see it at all and then 5 minutes in i'm like Ah, damn it, I'm pretty entertained. Okay. And the, it was until my second and third viewing that then you start looking at all the stuff that you have to look at. It's like, damn, yeah. this movie is bad. No, this movie is terrible. But um, it's entertaining if you want it to be. Yes. 
Uh, any standouts without spoiling it? Uh, standouts. People that should people people that fans should look out for when they watch this film. Uh, I guess I can't say the bad guys because it's a movie full of bad guys. Um, oh yeah, but everyone's no like that. That part is a perspective everyone, that's of it. Spoiled, that's yeah. spoiled as well. Like if you want to say Black Mass, people know Black Mass in the film. They know Zaz is in the film. Kanuri. I actually didn't know Zaz because I didn't read up on the com- uh, the well, casting, so I didn't know there. Zaz was He in kept the... being in the promotional material. I'm like, who is that blonde guy? And I was like, oh, yeah, it's Victor Zaz. Yeah, he looked really – it just looked weird. He had, like, this frosted tip blonde with, like, the shaved sides. And yeah. I couldn't even tell that he had cutting on his body. You had he to... didn't. He, had... No, oh, he, had you... to... he didn't have it visible. Yeah, visible. Yeah, yeah, he had, what, like, one or two cuts on his forehead? Yeah. It looked weird. The majority of it's on his actual chest. Um, My Zaz was from Gotham. That's my Zaz. The first live action Zaz. That's my you favorite know, Zaz. Zaz. is also in uh, Batman Begins. Oh, that's yeah. He's in a cam. That, yeah. That's the case that Rachel's doing when you first meet her. And you see uh, him for like a split Zaz second in the narrows when all the toxins go. Yeah. yeah. Um, nice. Where does it sit in your DCEU in, in your mind? You don't have to rank it. Put it at a number. But I like, guess if I had to, if I had to put it anywhere, I would throw it. In the middle. Down the stairs? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would throw it in the middle. You know, I do like, obviously, the Wonder Woman, Shazam, Batman vs. Superman, and Man of Steel better. Yeah. But everything I either, either haven't seen or have seen definitely goes under it. So, it's just it's comfortably in there in the middle of the sandwich. Yeah. So, when I first saw this film, again, spoiler free, I did not like it. I found myself halfway through checking my phone, which is something I usually don't do. Even, you know... Regardless of what the the media I'm covering is, because I love, I live for these movies. One and two, I love diving into um, stuff that is deeper than what's on the screen um, or on the page. That's why this podcast exists. Um, we we've gone through great lengths, and I've literally formed whole opinions about characters on this podcast. You know, covering some of the media that we have. Uh, covered going forward but for some reason with this I found myself being a little not bored but wanting more which I guess the first time I ever felt that was at the end of Justice League so I stopped myself and this is this is a bit uh, this is full transparency I guess you would say but as a man <laughs> which I've been all my life you sure yeah I've, I've, I, but I also have, you know, I have no blood brothers. You grew up with, I grew with up sisters, with all sisters, and you guys got to meet my sister on the last episode of my older sister on the last episode of the podcast. So my upbringing, uh, you know, while growing up as a man, was entirely feminine because I had three sisters and my mom. Um, I say all that to say that when I realized I didn't like this film. I realized also I would have to have some concrete reasons as to why. Because if I didn't, people would just assume that I didn't because there's a girl on the screen. Which is, which is, it's like, it sucks. It completely takes away from the one, why we don't like these movies. Like, yeah. I don't under I personally will say I don't understand the fan, the fanboy's hatred for Captain Marvel. Right. Like, I went into it thinking, okay, I'm going to see some preachy, feministic, woke, broke type thing. And, no, man. They really actually handled the a female empowerment and a female storyline perfectly. Same thing with Wonder Woman. There was a lot of you know commentary about man being evil and stuff like that. But it wasn't beating you in the face and making you feel bad for yourself. Yeah. I didn't look in the mirror thinking I was going to feel bad. So as far as the fans go, I don't know. 
I, I guess it's just they just have this need to be stupid. Yeah. Well, we, we already talked about that there is a there is an em- embarrassment of riches is one of my favorite phrases to use about um, straight white roles in superhero. It's weird that on the occasion when it's uh, when it's not somebody who's straight and white, that's almost always an issue. Um, and so I've never been in that camp. And it's I've let people, I've let people express their opinions because opinions are just that their opinions. Um, you know, if you feel like something's being too preachy, you can totally say that. Whether or not I agree is completely different. I don't think that this film is actually preachy at all. Not at all. But I I fear that people won't see it and then they will assume that others didn't see it because of nefarious reasons as opposed to the very same reasons you didn't. There, when I saw, another thing that happened when I saw this movie. I saw this movie and I felt bad, like I said. I felt bad that I didn't like it. I wanted to like it. Right? Don't and you so, really feel bad when you don't like a movie? Right. And so I sat there and I went, and I don't hate it. There's a big difference between bad and hate. I, I hated Dark Phoenix for a very long time. And maybe just the time that it's taken since I've seen Birds of Prey has allowed me to calm down. But um, I, I understand its entertainment value. I understand why some would be entertained by it. But I feel like the movie is pretty two-dimensional. I feel like the movie is pretty... Everything that you see on the surface, it's, it's all there is going to be. Oh, it's cookie-cutter. It's, it's take, take every male-led superhero movie or action movie and just throw females in it with the same dialogue, the same cliche storyline. It's, it's just... I just... There, there was not enough... It's like when you're... Um, when your food is taking too long, you just keep eating breadsticks. Like I'm waiting, <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting for the birds of prey to. Bread makes to, you fat, man. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that on a um, because you know we're coming up on a year since we did our last Valentine's Day ish themed episode, and we did Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Um, and that's another movie that you can watch it on the pure entertainment value of it. But we went through and started to decide: is Scott a good character? You know. Oh, ultimately he's Given, not. Yeah, but I'm saying. We could have the review could have just been wasn't it cool when? Oh, oh yeah, this moment was great. That moment was great. No, we do these retrospectives. We try to sit and 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 pick at the brains of the people who not only make this but the ones that are the characters that are in it to add another level of enjoyment. And I felt like there was no other level to have. Um, and for it to be so, I hate to use the word like dumbed down in the sense of like there's there's no other layers. It's so weird that they will make it R-rated. Like, there's no reason why this film needed to be R-rated. And and because it's R-rated, you're cutting your audience in half. Oh, no, they definitely would have made all of their money if this was PG-13 and little 13-year-old, 14-year-old boys and girls can go see this. What? And, you know, it's like... <laughs> and I think, like, I remember when things were R-rated, um, you know, sometimes I would try to go see them, sometimes I wouldn't. Uh, Joker, I probably would have tried to go see. Oh, I would have snuck into that. Passed. But I don't know if I would have broke my neck for Birds of Prey. Like, the wrist it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I would have probably just waited until it came out on DVD and stuff. And I think that's how a lot of people... See, I would, have paid, I would have paid to see another movie and then just snuck into that while I either wait for my movie to start or sneak into it after. That's definitely not a movie I would have paid to have seen. I will also go to great lengths to say that it was possibly my theater experience. I went to a matinee. It was me and about four other people. And one of the people left before, like in the third act. <laughs> really? Someone yeah. just got up and just walked just out? walked out. And I was Holy like... Holy crap. Right. That's... <laughs> I was like, all right. Um, Jesus I, Christ. I always know when I'm not digging it when I look up the runtime. Because I'm trying to figure out... I'm When I look up the runtime... 
It's specifically to say okay, how much time, time does this left. movie have left to get good? Like maybe this is all set up, you know? Like maybe this is all set up and we're about to get into, you know, second gear and we're going to wrap this up. Yeah, but, but then I looked at the runtime and we were like 16 minutes left of the movie and it was still in the first part of the fight. Yeah. Like they were just having that big... Uh, the Birds of Prey's first fight is 15 minutes away from the credits. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The first fight of <laughs> the team is 15 minutes That should minutes tell you everything you need to know about why you shouldn't get up and go see this movie. But just also, you know, form your own opinions. 100%. Form your own opinion about it. If you've listened to this podcast and you find your views aligned with mine more often than not, then odds are you're probably going to feel the same way about this film that I did. But, uh, you know, uh, my roommate saw it and he dug it. Um, I'm, I am teeming. I'm like, I'm seething to get a female's perspective on this. But all the women that I that I know and that I uh, communicate with did not go see this movie, which is crazy because one would argue that they made this for them or they made this for somebody. I don't honestly know who they made this for. I, I think they're trying to take pick I'll tell you 100% for everybody. They made this for they made this for Margot Robbie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They made this for Margot Robbie in the same way that Warner Brothers saw the Dark Knight trilogy. And decided that the thing that worked in there was gritty and real. They didn't think it was, you know, the 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 depth of of the nature of how Chris Nolan creates a story. Like that didn't get any credit. Just make it dark and real. It didn't matter um, that they filmed it in the actual city of Chicago, the first Batman, to make Gotham feel like something. And establishing the pacing of the entire trilogy, none of that got credit. It got credit because it was gritty and dark. And so DC became gritty and dark because that's what makes money. And in Suicide Squad, one of the things that people said was the highlight of a film that most people trashed was Harley Quinn. And so instead of just saying like, okay, that's a bit of good and bad, they said that's the best thing to come out of there. As a matter of fact, that's the only thing we're going to green light moving forward. And I don't know if you remember this, but very shortly after Suicide Squad came out, maybe two weeks after, we already knew that Harley Quinn was going to be Yeah. And yeah. I didn't even know that the movie did that good opening weekend for like, in, within a month for it to already be like, up, oh, we're going to do a sequel. But it's not, but it was also like, that's who we, that's who we're going to make this thing around. Yeah, I think it was all about the you diversity thing, man. Joker is not Jared Leto. Joker is not your is not your jam. We hear you hear you loud and clear. Um, they're just trying to cash in on that Joker money. They're trying to they really they're want to, to cash, cash in on they're that. They're trying Joker to cash money. in on the next hot IP, the next viral hot IP, and it's it's very weird that DC is so untrusting with their own IPs because these things have lasted decades and continue to be. Some of the most i you know um, recognizable iconography in pop culture history. The bat you could uh, never Batman watch logo, a, you could logo. never watch these movies or read these comics, but you'll always know the name Batman and Superman. One hundred percent doesn't matter what. I've never seen a Superman movie, but you know who Superman is, right? Yeah, he has the red and the blue and the cape. Everybody knows who they are. I think that this thing is not very faithful to the source material whether the source material is harley comics or birds of break comics or anything going on in gotham really um i don't think that they follow that and i say that to say that i also decided to do a deep dive on those feelings that i was having why do i care that it's not after the comics and i think i think the beef with you know source material and oh it should be more closer to the comics i think that that happens the same way that you start getting little gripes 
little gripes in movies um, will piss you off to the point that of you convincing yourself you don't like a film. I mean, I don't know why they have to put in the most unrealistic dialogue sometimes. Like, no two real people talk like this. Right, right. But that's the thing. Like, I feel like I feel like I feel like you. I got more. Like, okay, when I saw Dark Phoenix. I found myself getting mad, madder at things I probably would have gotten just a little mad at because I was already not enjoying my experience. Yeah. So now the little things are bigger because I'm already not being, uh, I'm not digging the big things. So the little things, the big things that make me mad, the little things that make me mad, etc. I don't think I will ever, you know, sit there and be like, well, what comic? I don't know what comic Black Panther came from. I'm assuming that was a, a amalgamation of a bunch of Black Panther stories. Yeah. You know? But at one point, I was like, that's not comically. I never cared because they were giving me something. Oh, there was still it enough there, like, yeah. It felt, but it also felt I mean, like was it the first Iron sense. Man any, com- any comic book story? Like, yeah, besides the, the, besides the of, like, his Silver Age and his... Exactly, um, all different his origins and right. differentness and that. But the fact is, it was still an entertaining enough carried movie for us to There to was love a story it. there... You know, despite hell, the story. this Joker is probably based on nothing from the comics. But they nothing. gave you a through line. They gave you a place to start, a place to end, a conflict in the middle, and and a changed character at the end. A character that doesn't look anything like the same character that we saw in the beginning. Where in this film, Harley Quinn remains unchanged. Oh, and she maybe, never changed once. Maybe that's the lesson. Don't let nobody change you. But I don't think I think they fumbled that message a bit. Um, so I will leave my spoiler free stuff there. You can leave your spoiler free stuff there. It's time to put on our raincoats and get into the, into the rain of the parade. That is Harley Quinn and the birds of prey. Uh, it was directed by Catherine Yan, the actual, uh, second female to ever direct a superhero film. The first being the incomparable Patty Jenkins, but also the first Asian woman to direct a superhero movie. Um, and they're really killing it with their directors cause James Wan killed Aquaman, um, who did Shazam? Damn, I don't even know, but he, Something he or she did. Right? A, they did good. Yeah, I, I had it, I had it on the thing, but I'm, I'm, I have Scott Derrickson on the brain because of the whole Sam Raimi, uh, Doctor Strange, uh, madness stuff there. But yeah, but between James Wan, um, the, uh, Matt Reeves is supposed to be doing this new Batman. Catherine Yan, you know, they took a chance. On, so are you just not gonna credit Snyder? And, you just uh, not gonna give Snyder? Well, name they out? kick Snyder out of the house. So there must have been, you know, David Sandberg. David did. Sandberg. Um, they kicked Snyder out of the house. I didn't, you know. <laughs> so it's like there's no point in congratulating you on being a good son if you're, you know, they knock you out. Oh, that that hit too close to home. Oh well, it released on February seventh of twenty twenty. I actually went to go see it on the eighth. I usually go see them the day before. Maybe that was what I should have realized. I usually go see these movies on yeah. a Thursday, and, and this was your this first non-Thursday release first movie. That not only did I go, did I not go see it the day before it comes out? I didn't even go see it the day it came out. I saw it the day after, um, and I think that that sh- says a lot about my anticipation for this film. But I mean, um, if we're gonna go full disclosure, I bought my tickets Sunday night and I refunded them Monday because I just didn't feel up to sitting in a theater, and I ended up just pirating it. I'm and, just, I don't I don't care I, I I am my own man I am who I am but I just I couldn't I was two hours away I was I was getting dressed and I just it's like do I really want to take the time out and go see this movie right now and I just I couldn't do it I couldn't bring myself to leave the house and go to see it I sat took out my laptop spent two hours looking for a for a usable link uh-huh. and I watched it Monday 
uh, on one, two, three movies or whatever. I I know that um you know I I went to see it and sometimes I think the only movie I actively went like was Hellboy because I had already heard like they were scorching earth when they first reviewed that film, so I had heard like. Oh my god, this is like the worst and terrible. So getting ready to go see that ended up just being messy. It wasn't as bad as people said it was. It was just really, really messy. Um and I think that this is this has a little bit if it has a little bit of those issues. Um because initially, you know, I went to go see it on Saturday. So by the time Saturday came, I had already heard that it was like one of the lowest openings and that they were going to change the title and all this stuff. So was your happening. Epic expectations just kept lowering and lowering and yeah, lowering. And another thing is, you know, I have because I love this medium so much. I created comic book click and major issues to become some sort of zealot and, and try to expound on people the actual benefits of comic books and reading comic books and the lessons you can learn and the characterizations that have stood the test of time. Um, and I we went on a deep dive last week talking about Harley Quinn as a woman, Harleen Quinzel, and whether or not there's still something there, whether or not she's still a hero. And I think that we gave more thought to the character of Harley Quinn in the last episode of the Major Issues podcast than these people did for the entire film. I mean, that, I think that's just what Major Issues is all about, man. We just we put more thought into what we're these people are trying to, to give up. We just got you know I'm gonna have to start writing it. You got the camera. We're gonna have to start writing it because I can't do it no more, man. They're gonna they're gonna bastardize everything that we hold near and dear. You already know New Gods is coming out. WandaVision yeah. is coming out. That's yeah. two masterpiece books written by one man that's gonna get bastardized. You'll see like half of Heroes in Crisis shoved in some movie at a certain point. You'll see. Oh, it. who's to say that You'll they won't do a Heroes it. in Crisis in freaking the Suicide CW? Squad or Suicide the, Squad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh They'll they'll shove that somewhere and you you'll you'll get to feel what we feel and you have these uh, stories oh, no. in the back I of your mind. I don't know if I could sit through Margot Robbie, Harley Quinn, and Booster Gold doing. Oh my God, you're right. It would have to be those two. Oh God. And that also happened because of the like that was that was brought down from management. Management wanted Harley Quinn in there. They've been they've been steadily trying to keep this woman afloat. And like I said, she was good in Suicide Squad. She may have been the best part, but that's not enough to try to. You know, hold up an entire franchise. You know, you. It's just weird. It's just weird that they would they would jump to that. Like, um, Marvel. Besides Tony, never never try to hang their hat on anyone. But I feel like all DC's been doing is try to do that. When Wonder Woman took off, she had more scenes all of a sudden in Justice League. You know, like they they, they just they literally listen to the last person that told them what they should do and do that. And then when it doesn't work, they just do the last thing that worked. Um, we Aquaman worked. And we heard that we were gonna get a freaking uh, uh, the trench movie about a portion of of Atlantis or whatever. It's ridiculous. and we'll probably have nobody but just on a bunch of unknown characters that we don't know. But it's a DC stamped product. It's so, so weird. Like why are you point? doing these weird tangible side things? But it is what it is. All right, baby, we're gonna go ahead and do the. Uh, the recap. I'm hitting the button. Spoiler. Spoilers are coming. All right. So the film begins with Harley Quinn narrating the events of her life leading up to the point of the film uh, that we're watching. Uh, and she confesses that after the Enchantress was defeated and Joker. Oh, after Enchantress was defeated, we know in Suicide Squad, she was um, broken back, out of prison. Sent back to jail and then broke out of prison. Sent back to jail, then broken out of prison by her Mr. J, who says, now it's time to go home. 
uh, which means makes absolutely no sense they because then apparently they the next up. scene she's he's gonna break up. With they her? go home and they break up, which is what it is. I guess that's just what the Joker does. Uh... We never see Jared Leto in this film. They make it a point to not make not only not make it Jared Leto, but they don't ever make any portrayal of the Joker in this film look like the Jared Leto Joker, which that would have been the easiest thing, no? Oh yeah, definitely. But put he, a, some gold fronts or something like like that drawing in her you house. Could, you could have a stand-in, like. What does it really matter? And you could just see something on their head. I mean, can't you just use Jared Leto's like stunt double or something? A fuzzy, yeah. It doesn't really matter. You show the tattoos and all, that, but they CGI didn't. CGI it. In- but, yeah. Instead of, and this is my another thing. This is another, you know, this is gonna be a, just a whole, a whole podcast of me just talking crap because I also feel like, um, with Jared Leto's Joker, my beef was not Jared Leto's Joker. More so than it was, none of the things he did made sense because I was not given any context to this Joker. Yeah, basically. And you, as a matter of fact, Dan, I will go to lengths to say that Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Shazam aside, DC can't do context. And the only reason why those movies work is because they're origin movies. So you have to put the context in. <laughs> you have no choice but yeah. to put where they were and who they become. But besides those films... Uh, tell me I'm wrong. We're supposed to just know those characters from the way we've known them forever. And then you have the opposite end of the spectrum, which Man of Steel. And you don't even know who that cat. What, what Superman that is? No, but we're supposed to but p- come Justice League. We're supposed to just know that he's the Superman that's in Justice League. Yo, what if what if Batman, Marvel ended we, up doing were, this? Were like, we shown the Were we shown the the breadcrumbs that lead to the Batman that kills people? No, we no. just get exposition of the Batman that who we, we was, should know him. Yeah, already. We, we, we're already established. When Aquaman with them. shows up in Justice League. He just shows up. There's no Aquaman movie yet. That's Flash, right. Flash, we still don't got any background on Flash. You know, like, they they do this. Which well, don't is, we got more now because of uh, Infinite Earths? Oh, yeah. But the thing is, like, these people have backgrounds. And once you place their backgrounds, everything that they say, everything that they do, and the way that they move are all informed by the person that they are. So if you can't get that foundation right, you're just going to have somebody just doing reckless stuff. So without knowing why Joker has broken teeth, without knowing why Joker has no eyebrows and damage tattooed on his forehead, without knowing what the relationship is, why Robin's dead, they just threw that in a film. Yeah, yeah, we just have a dead Robin out of nowhere. Without any understanding of any of that, I have no affinity for that Joker. And they could have used this film to repair him. But instead, they now he's just off the grid, you know, because after breaking up with Harley, Joker decides to go to the Bahamas or Hawaii or somewhere so far and so remote that he doesn't realize that his ex-girlfriend is walking around using his name, right? I'm assuming. Yeah. That that would happen. And not only that, this is a, this is a Gotham where Bane is not there, no Poison Ivy, no Scarecrow. We this, got this, no what kind Scarface, of Gotham is this? Look, who's Batman fighting? Clayface. Just Sionis and Joker, <laughs> uh, that's it? Uh, uh, uh. Killer Croc. Well, Killer Croc's in prison, I think, still from Suicide Squad. Um, Harley Quinn was broken out of prison and walks the streets of Gotham. With no problem. With a breakfast sandwich. Like, if everything's with all no hunky-dory. Uh, then she she eventually it's let out that she's not with Joker anymore. And people come out to kill her and she still walks the streets with no problem. No cops. Go to where her home is, where they know that she lives, to arrest her to say, hey... I get that you're not with the bad guy anymore, but you know you left jail illegally? 
<laughs> Did you know that there's a way to leave jail illegally? You know, when you leave jail without permission, there's certain consequences. Everything you do without permission is illegal. But yeah, for the most part. Um, So, yeah. Joker breaks up with her. And so she is taken in by Doc, an elderly owner of a Chinese restaurant. And um, recovering from her abusive relationship, Harley cuts her hair, adopts a spotted, a spotted hyena whom she names after Bruce, takes up roller derby, and blows up the Ace Chemical plant where she pledged herself to Joker. How did you think about the first, I want to say, 20 minutes of this film? The animated intro, Harley Quinn, do, Harley Quinn's montage, basically, breakup montage. She cuts her hair, she gets a new pet, she joins a roller derby rink. Captain Harley! It's a bit Deadpool. It's it a, a bit Deadpool. So well, I think Deadpool. the entire movie is just a cash It's Deadpool grab. without the hook. It's Deadpool without the heart. It's 100% yes. Deadpool without and, any of the heart. And this may come as a surprise, but Ryan Reynolds is a better natural comedian than Margot Robbie is. I mean, I mean. I know that's a crazy statement to make with is, the that genitalia the cr- that I have. But Ooh, why would you he, say something so controversial yet so brave? He he is made for that role. They even threw his, his pop culture. They threw his name in the comics from like two thousand and three. Yeah, the pop culture, uh, you know, references and all that stuff roll right off. And maybe maybe with some more pop culture references or some more comic book. There's no references here. Go look at an Easter egg video for this. There's no like. Oh, and if you look, you know, and the original debut, none of that. There's none of that. Everything is either just said or shown in the background. I mean, how would you feel if you were sitting in the theaters watching Deadpool 2 and ha- literally halfway through the movie, Deadpool decides, you know what? I'm going to give Russell to Cable. Fuck it. But he Someone does. Treated- halfway through the film, Russell overhears Deadpool say... No, but he doesn't, g- like, he doesn't blatantly give... The, the kid realizes that the person that they've been hanging with the whole is time not is the a cool scumbag. Dumbbag, yeah. And that they run away on, on their overhearing. They're yeah. on their own now. And then the uh, the person has to come back and say, no, small, impressionable child, I am not as bad as you think I am. Please give me an opportunity to redeem myself. And and there we are. You know? Uh, yeah. Anyway. I was wondering where the roller derby stuff would come in. She was she has a roller derby Funko Pop. She's in roller derby gear for about three minutes of the I've entire seen, film. I've seen the roller Why derby. Why is there pop. a Funko Pop? Why was this in the trailer? <laughs> what what part of Harley Quinn's har- roller derby ness? What did we learn from that? That she's rough sometimes. If I'm not mistaken, how do you <laughs> sign up for a roller derby thing when you're a convicted criminal and a, probably a felon and? Wanted for, you know, murdering Robin. How many times are we going to see women cut their hair after a breakup in a movie? I hear that happens, though. No, it it happens. I cut my hair, but I'm just, I'm tired of, like, see it. Just because you're a stereotype doesn't mean you have to announce that you're a stereotype. Well, that's the problem, Dan. I feel like this thing has, it's one of those things that's trying to have its cake and eat it, too. It's trying to not have any uh, tropes. But then also have tropes and be like, well, they're tropes. Films no, everybody, yeah, everybody has tropes. You know, so I think it's like, well, we're not going to be your your normal superhero film. And then, well, don't normal superhero films have this? Why can't we? Well, you said, didn't you? Wasn't there a whole? But anyway. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's this, all good. This is as tangible to the comics as Joker is. I think. Except we got a, a scene straight out of the comics with the depth of the Waynes as opposed to this. Uh... I don't think yeah. there was a this stuff beaver. There's something in here. 
We'll find it. Uh, how did you feel about her blowing up Ace Chemicals, uh, you know, this this uh, monument to the her and the Joker's love? It's where she got transformed. It's Man, every time I hear Halsey's voice, I just have to immediately just close my brain and Is my ears. Is she on That the- sounded like a Halsey song. The, that whole um slow ballad, like, it's a breakup song and it's uh. a breakup. Up song, and that's how Halsey fucking sings. She literally said she tries to be she like this twenties burlesque. Yeah, she tries <laughs> to be like this burlesque twenties cabaret singer, but she just she thinks it's so sexy to say every word like well, we, this. Later on, we got um, we did the hit me with your best shot, which was just like, what is this for? Oh, and don't forget, I hate myself for loving you. God damn. In the beginning, her breakup montage. The whole breakup montage is, I hate myself for love. I swear I can make a CD. (laughs) Oh, you can. Empowering. Female female empowering movie soundtracks. That's That's it. it. That's it. It's Barracuda. It's Hit Me With Your Best Shot. Hate myself. Maybe Love Is a Battlefield. You might be able to throw that in there, but you can put that one on ice. It just has to be an Uh, 80s hair metal type. I'm happy when it rains. Or just a badass woman saying, like, I don't take no guff. So yeah, I'm only happy when it rains. Um, I'm surprised they didn't play "I Will Survive" in this in this film. Um, My God, they probably, they probably could have found a cool way to do it, but there's, I don't know, I don't know. It's very weird. Um, yeah, she overhears some people talking shit about her while she's trying to get them all margaritas. Uh, with what money? I don't. None of this makes any sense. But anyway, I mean, it's Roman's club. He probably just let her have anything. No, here. she gets the margaritas when she's roller derby. Roller derbying. She shows. She wait. That to... roller derby club was was Cyanus. Those are two of the same clubs. No, no, no. So the roller derby after the roller derby scene, you see, you see her with her team sitting. Yeah, yeah, outside, oh yes, 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 yes. I remember. Uh, now, I remember. Sitting, now. sitting outside some kind of food establishment. And she goes to give them the margaritas they've all ordered, I guess, for happy hour. And that's when they're like, oh, Harley's never going to leave the Joker. And then she throws all the margaritas on the floor. And they're like, Harley. And she huffs and puffs. And it's, then, every, it's in every female movie. It's always then, the one outcast that just, overhears a gaggle of blondes. shows you that all you girls just talk crap about each other all the time. Yo, for real, I would man. stand outside of doors before I open them, women. Just stand outside. Odds are someone, you're going to catch someone talking about you. Yeah. Hey guys, you want to say, anyone want to say anything bad about Shirley? <laughs> now that she's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Here, to... stop getting us to talk crap about Shirley. <laughs> we, we can see the red light on the recorder. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So she blows up Ace Chemical Plants, uh, which does two things. To her, it's a cathartic moment because it's the place where she became. The Harlequin, and in her words, the Harlequin is meant to serve. Um, but in another case, it lets every no three things happen. <laughs> the second thing is, um, it's interpreted now that this has blown up that Harley Quinn and the Joker are not together anymore. The third thing that happens is we see um, GCPD detective Renee Montoya investigate a series of mob killings carried out by a crossbow wielding vigilante before. The explosion catches her eye, so she's actually doing her big, her best Boondock Saints impression, where she's recreating the crime scene. Where somebody's like, "Hey, uh, uh, I don't know that thing that you think happened probably didn't." And then you go through with like, "Oh no, it was four guys or three guys, or maybe it was one." The odds of it being that person, and then she knows. Another thing um, that we failed to mention about Renee, played by Rosie Perez. Is that her big thing is that she busted somebody, right? 
She busted somebody and somebody else got credit for it. You know who that is? Gordon. Gordon got credit for it? Mm-hmm. Because they, there was a quick thing where it's like she made a she made a break on a big case, but her partner got promoted to captain and she stood at detective. Or no, but like I think then then cause Gordon's just a commissioner, so I think the captain is the old boy who's who was Bullock. No, the guy who was getting on her case the entire time, the one who oh, takes the, the, takes oh, the, 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 the the chief, the sergeant, or the chief, or whatever. His yeah, name I is. think he's the captain. That, then I don't even know who he's supposed to be then. No, I'm sorry. I'm guessing them two were on the same They were partners, and, and then, then one moved up to be the boss. She stood at the... So maybe that is another preachy man. I mean, moment. it happens. But like, it, it happens. It, in any, it does in any, happen. In it is job, really hard to break happens. the glass ceiling. Like, and, and, women have and, terrible time breaking that ceiling. And people get chosen for promotions for the most ridiculous and superfluous reasons. Uh, I get it. Like, I'm not saying, like, oh, what It was doesn't me? happen. Yeah, what I was totally, me? No, no. I totally 100%. get the story. Because um, it happened to my mom. She didn't get a promotion that she was supposed to get over a guy. Yeah. And apparently they said because of experience and seniority, it's, it's bullcrap. All right. that's bullcrap. So it happens. It's, it's, it's funny the length companies will go to tell you why you shouldn't be getting paid or whatever. Right, like, <laughs> bro, how are you gonna have a business, but you don't even know how to run the business properly? Like, yeah, uh, yeah, happens. It always happens. Uh, a nightclub owner owned a nightclub owner a nightclub owned by gangster Roman Sionis, aka the ruthless crime boss Black Mask, aka Ewan McGregor, um, aka at- you know you want to say it, ruin it, <sighs> ruin it. Okay, ruin it. For those who have, I've seen two things be touted as. The saving graces of this film. One is the action scenes. I, uh, I honestly will say that it really which, is the saving grace. Which I found to be CW-esque in the sense of, like, we had to set this up so you could be in a room. So oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, the next, here's the next level. Now fight, right, the, fight yes. the minions, then go to the boss in the next right. level. This whole... This would never... The, the way that this police department... They would never react this way if someone came in and did what you're doing. But they will in this instance because you need to get through and you can't kill anyone. And you're kind of... Bro, in the real life, Harley would have been shot in the head. They would have... All of them. There were no guns in this... They none. Nobody gets shot. Renee gets shot once. And she survives still. But everybody has guns and no one on the good side has guns. But yet somehow, the women can't be shot. But, um... Harley's wallet. She's drinking. She's using Joker's name to get what she wants. She breaks the legs of Roman Sionis' driver. Um, and we meet uh, Dinah Lance, a.k.a. Black Canary, uh, played by Journey Smollett-Bell. Smollier? Juicy Smollier's sister. Um, <laughs> oh, my God, George. How do, you feel about, how do you feel about that? I love this actress. I do. I think she was... You know what... My problem with this movie is when when I when I originally saw it, I didn't know that it was being turned into Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. So you're giving me a movie that's strictly titled Birds of Prey. I'm waiting for my Dinah Lance. I love Dinah Lance. Dinah Lance is amazing to me. My favorite was her from the what's it called the Justice League Unlimited show. I yeah. love me some Dinah Lance. I love me some Huntress. I love me some Montoya. Where were they? They, it, not, you know, it's a shame, man. Like I've gone to great lengths to say that the Black Canary characterization in Arrow, like, really got me upset because it was like five of them. Yo, uh, then there was the White Canary and White Canary, Black Canary, Black Siren, 
back to Black Canary. Both sisters were doing it. All like, the sisters died. <laughs> they and one died. came back. And, and they, one came back twice. It's a whole thing. So What is going on? Like, Can you guys be consistent with your, with your characters? But yeah, Black Canary in this. I, I think the actress did well. You know what it is, Dan? I don't know what it is. So tell me. I, I, I find myself not liking things. And then I listen to people who liked it. And I try to see it from their point of view. And I can't. And so, like, one of the things I heard was, like, well, Dinah's not meant to, like, be in the Black Canary outfit. She just found out that she was a hero. She just literally established that she is a hero doing good things. I don't think that that's ever established in this. I don't think that she chooses to be a hero. I think she gets stuck in a Like, every woman in this gets stuck in a situation. And the only way to get out alive is by killing the bad man. Basically. And so, like... She gets put between a rock and a hard place when Zaz finds out that she's bullshit. Harley gets put between a rock and a hard place when her get out of jail free cards run out. You know, Renee gets put in a rock and a hard place when she literally shows up to a crime scene drunk. You understand? Like these, these are not women making their own choices. They're pushed into these situations, and they happen to agree on the, what they should all do. But no to one get comes out, out changed. No one comes. No one comes. No. No, no one becomes. We have a, a team at the end of it. We have a team, but at what cost? I don't know if that if you would call that a team. I wouldn't call that a team. I like look at the look for example. Look at the team that's at the end of um of Age of Ultron. The team thing works. The team thing works. You everyone gets together. They kind of don't agree with on stuff. Then they do something together, um, awesome, and then. Something breaks them all apart and they realize they shouldn't have liked each other and they come into the end and they become friends again. This team never broke. That's so called the nothing, hero's journey. There's nothing to glue. This, this team never broke up, so there was nothing to glue back together. They're together because of circumstances. They're together because of convenience. And they're together because of proximity. They all happen to be in the same town. And I personally think that they're together because they're all females, but I'm not going to go misogynistic on it. I just think the way that they wrote... Though I, think, I feel the way that the writers wrote them to be like... When did Harley decide she wasn't going to sell Cassie off? She didn't, right? She went. Uh, she decided when they were going to kill Cassie. Something like that, yeah. But she was totally down. You understand what I'm saying? Like, they're not making altruistic choices. They're not making. Oh no, the, not the, at all. The heroic choices. Even they're just even Canary didn't want to help the police. She's like, nah, you guys didn't help my mother. So yeah. why should I help you? Is she justified? Probably. One hundred percent. But there's no heroes in this. So who am I rooting for? Bertinelli's not a hero. This little girl's a pickpocketer. She's not a hero. A cop who's drunk shows up to crime scenes drunk. These aren't you know heroes. Right. You There's know no... who I'm rooting for? Because you know who made an actually uh, uh, logical decision? Sam Rockwell. I'm rooting for Sam Rockwell because they wanted to get Sam Rockwell to play Black Mask. And his decision was, nope. He did not play Black Mask. And thus, Sam Rockwell somehow became the archetype for this character. And so even McGregor is basically playing Sam Rockwell playing Romeo this playing Black Mask. That's... The Russian nesting doll of acting. See, my problem with it is I also, I feel like once that they couldn't get Sam Rock... I feel like... Now, hear me out. Here's a little bit of a theory. I don't think they wanted Sam Rockwell for Black Mask. I really might... I really, really feel they wanted to put Joker in this movie. Okay. I really feel like even the... That they really wanted to do a thing where Harley breaks up with the Joker and that she still... She doesn't know if she wants to be with them or not and she doesn't know what to do and then they bring in the Birds of Prey to help her convince her that, hey... He's after every single one of us, and then you have that moment where the Joker turns his back on Harley, and now Harley has to realize, I have to be with the Birds of Prey. 
They wanted Sam Rockwell to play Joker. They couldn't get Sam Rockwell because he saw what happened in Suicide Squad. He said, hey, listen, guys, I'm an Academy Award-winning actor. I'm not doing this shit. And then they wrote in Black Mask. You're not wrong because he is some kind of weird hodgepodge of, like, Sam Rockwell, the actor, <laughs> and Jared Leto's Joker. He's not. I love Ewan McGregor. I won't say anything bad about the actor and this performance that he gave me because I do like it. But this isn't Roman Sionis. Not for me. Roman Sionis. When I heard Roman Sionis was being casted in this movie, my initial thought was his voice better be deep. He better have a deep voice. Because yeah. he had it in Under the Red Hood. He has I it like in the, the Arkham I like games. The mobster. Accent. Yeah. He, I think he's like, in the Red Hood movie, you see somebody come in for their first day as a henchman, he just punches them as hard as he can. <laughs> and he talks like this! He has anger! He's like, what are yeah. you looking at, punk? Which they played around yeah. with that a little bit. They played around with the idea of, like, um, him flipping out on a whim, you know? Uh, but that's very Sam Rockwell. <laughs> and it's also something that the Joker would do. Because there was times where... Just vocalizing as Hammer, he was terrifying. Where he's where he's like putting his foot down, and it becomes you know like he's serious about this. Oh yeah, he's like I don't speak Russian. <laughs> like, you want the freaking bird? Like he when he wants to get up in your face, you get up in your face. Look at um everyone you got with Gary Oldman. Like yep, the the, the yep. these levels of. Method acting. Yes. Beautiful. The bass with Nick Cage. Oh, <laughs> Nick Cage. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, like, it, uh, banging on the door. <laughs> <laughs> banging on the door. <laughs> banging on the door. Jesus. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, they find Harley's necklace. They realize that she's broken up with uh, people. So, everybody tries to, like, get on Harley's case. Meanwhile, uh, Roman sends Dinah and Victor's ass his boo, I'm guessing. They were dating, maybe. There's something romantic happening there. What do you think? Oh, I, I Honestly... I think she's just worried that she, like, doesn't want to die. So she's like... Ooh, Harley? No, um, you said uh, Canary, right? No, I said Roman sends... Yeah, Roman sends Dinah and Zaz to go uh, retrieve a diamond embedded with account numbers leading to the lost fortune of the Bertinelli. Which, how, do, how, how do you cut a diamond to, to, to give account numbers? I guess you have to engrave it. Laser engrave it inside of it? But then how would you... How would you... Uh, they literally use the words... Mal- uh, like atomic level or molecular level or something like that, the molecular makeup or some yo Mike. something like that. Guys, you're this a is, you're a Birds of Prey movie. Don't think is too hard. Hobbs and Shaw. This is Fast and the Furious. This is Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. Like there's a diamond and it has the 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 account numbers of a crime family in it. Go get it. Um, I mean, hell, this movie even has a chase scene, like all action yeah, highway spy a highway, highway chase yeah. scene. Yeah, man. If it would have been in the middle, then I would have given more guff. Um, we're shown the lengths that Roman is willing to go for control when we witness a scene in which he orders Zaz to cut off the faces of two parents and their daughter for upsetting him. Uh, that's where you see a little bit of that Sam Rockwell, like, ew. And, is that a and, snot bubble? Yeah. All right, I changed my mind. Cut her face. I was like, Hold I like the gloves. I, I liked that, that one specific scene because I did not know what the hell was going on. And then when he's, and then all of a sudden I'm like, wait. Why is she getting killed? I had to rewind. I'm like, yeah, what's I, going on? I like the gloves and I like the suit for the most part. Um, but I think he's actually kind of shown to be a bit, uh, I guess, just like a man child a bit, you know? But I didn't feel the dangerous nature of the man child like I did with Wilson Fisk 
Where it's like, oh, no, I don't no, 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 no. That that's not just man child. That is legit. Like he's on the autism spectrum. Like of that specific Wilson Fisk had to have been on some sort of autism spectrum. Gasburgers. It, he he was just yo when he when he killed that guy in the door for embarrassing him in front of his but date. But that's the bro? kind of thing. Like every every single movie with a villain has a scene that's supposed to show you how ruthless the villain and is. And they're not to be Every trifled with. Every single one. And usually what it is, the usual shorthand, is that they will kill somebody in their own camp because they've said or done something to upset them. And that is supposed to show you the superfluous nature in which they take human lives. Uh, sometimes it's really, really big. Like, you know, Bane, you know, oh, you think you got power over me? Kind of like how Oh, no, no. When he killed his two dudes in, in in the dungeon or in the under the thing. Yeah, when he shot them and sent them. Or he with... killed the other guy with the throat. That's what oh. I'm saying. Like, that's they do it in every single movie. But Find him, then I'll kill you. Um, in this one, nothing happens to his people more so than the thing. But he's really, he really wants his diamond. He got all the money of the Bertinelli crime family, and that family was massacred years ago. So, young pickpocket, Cassandra Kane. Not, 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 not Batgirl. Not my Cassie. Manages to steal the diamond from Zaz, but is arrested and swallows it. Uh, Cassandra Kane is a great comic book character. For those who do not know about her, I am putting, I think I'm going to put the first volume of Detective Comics on the schedule so we can, I can, I can, I can forget this Cassandra. And there was naturally oh, I'm nothing gonna wrong with download the, it and read it with Nothing you. wrong with the actress at all. Um, but they didn't need this. It's, is there no quality control DC Comics person sitting in on these meetings and they go, hey, we need a female character. Th- there's a Roy Harper. Like, there's not Roy Harper. Um, Harper Rowe, who was a female um, in Gotham. She actually ends up becoming the uh, the superhero vigilante, whatever, Bluebird. And she um, was a hacker who one day found Batman, like, dying. And so managed to, like, resuscitate him. And then found out that somebody had messed with his, uh, like his computers, and started going underground and fixing them for him. And he's like, "I don't, I don't need a partner to get the hell out of here." And she's like, "Well, these things are broken, so I'm gonna fix them. I'm gonna help Gotham the same way." You could use her. So many great characters that they could just use. Gotham has been a a, a character in its own right for decades. They literally could have pulled anyone out, and this story would have made more sense. But they didn't, and it's just weird for it. Harley Quinn is seeing much success on the DCEU. Uh, sorry, the DC Universe streaming service. It's a really good show. show, though. It really is a good show. I like the show because it has a, it, it, it's informing me about things I didn't know about Harley, which I thought the movie was going to. Every time you have a first impression, we, we talked about this on the award show, you only make that first impression once, and Harley did it well the first time, but now these girls have to. And instead of giving these girls the platform to... to um, Show out. We gotta show. We gotta showcase Harley. Well, that's again. also the problem is that this cast, everybody here was not making their. All right, besides Cassandra Kane and um, Renee Montoya, the rest of the cast wasn't making their debut. Yeah. So uh, Harley was in Suicide Squad. We've had Helena in the first season of Arrow, and we've had Black Canary since the beginning of Arrow. So yes, and those both of those characters had great success on Justice League Unlimited. They, exactly, uh, and they but they were explained there. <laughs> they were you oh one hundred percent. You you knew Arrow loved Burton Ellie more than anything, but he couldn't be with a morally lapsed person like that. So he was, went to die to Dino. Yeah, and she was like bloodthirsty because of what happened with her family, which you know, which anyway. also is another. I can't see this Helena Burton Ellie 
joining the Bat Family. No. That's what's so they terrible. Would never let her. Bat Bruce would be like, Who? What? No. What? Get away from me. They call me. Get get the hell out of here. Get they the call me here. the crossbow killer. Cassandra Kane can can beat or at least stand up to Batman in a fist fight. In the comics? In the comics. That, like, she could. 100%. Well, he's getting old, so it's uh, not even fair anymore. He Roz doesn't train the League of, League of Assassins. He has a trainer for that, and she was raised by the trainer of the League <laughs> of the League of Assassins. She oh. is one of the most deadly assassins in the so history of the world. So basically, it's how um, and this is a Game of Thrones reference. In Game of Thrones, there there's a a man called Roger Casile who uh-huh. is a master at arms who okay. means he trains everybody in sword fighting. Okay. So one of the characters Jon Snow when he goes to the wall that's basically the military for misfits. Okay. So there's just a bunch of like thieves, rapists, uh, orphans, nobodies. But they all got to do their duty. They all they all don't know how to sword fight. The only time they ever picked up a sword was to defend themselves when they needed to steal something or like robs from somebody. So you have this guy who was born in a castle trained by a master at arms in Embarrassing a bunch of like yeah. people that are bigger, taller than older than because they don't know sword discipline, they don't know play discipline. So yeah. for her, that's that. George, I love these comics, and I'm gonna start reading these comics more because that right there is a better character representation than the shit that I got with female Asian Russell. <laughs> female Asian Russell. That's not nice. Um, All right, fine. Female Russell. I don't gotta throw uh, in race. What are those? Oh, um. And like I said, you know, we're not trying to fault any of the act, act, act no, actresses. No, 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 man. This has nothing to do with because they're women. This has nothing to do with misogyny. Uh, we will one one hundred percent as men. We will tell you, Wonder Woman exists. That movie exists. Captain Marvel exists. The characterization of Black Widow exists. I'm gonna talk a little bit about Cassandra, but check this out. Just the just the just the the square boxes. But anyway. Um, yeah, I first got introduced to the character Cassandra Kane in the Batman Eternal run, um, but she she existed way beyond there. She, in the early two thousands, she got brought in as um, the Batgirl, and then eventually became Black Bat. Uh, and for a while, for a very very long time, she was mute. Being raised by two assassins, she was only ever trained in body language. Oh, she can she wow. can see. She can permanently see your pressure points. <laughs> Yo, she's really looking down Batman. And she's like, yo, I see the pressure points on this dude's body. That's I, will, st- I will shatter his neck through his reinforcements. <laughs> yeah, she is yo! no joke. Cassandra's yo! never been a joke. And, and Batman has to bring in this killer. Batman decides to bring her into the Bat family. And she's not only a killer, but she doesn't speak. And so there's this. Oh, isn't she's mute, right? She's mute. The only thing she knows is body language. So she can tell if you're coming at her in an aggressive way. Yo, just she by... can tell, yeah, because of how you breathe. That's the only language she's ever spoken is body language. So that's so why she, she can, can see that Batman. if you're going to get angry, you go, when you do yeah. that, if you puff your chest out, she can tell your, he's getting angry. Your pupils angry. Yep. dilated, your, your breathing got Holy shorter. Holy shit. It is what this... it is. And so Yo, now... I'm going to start, re- I got to start reading her because this is, this right here is something I've never seen before. And so like you had this, this little girl, at one point she like massacres a bunch of ninjas to save like Batman or whatever, and she's just covered in blood, but is not scared or not. She's nonplussed about it because that's what she did, does. I'm, 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 I was trained by the guy that helped train the demon head or shit like that. Or yeah, a hundred percent. Which yeah, that that's my whole thing about Cassandra. Um, yes, but she eats the diamond. 
Harley, fleeing from Montoya and several other random people she has wronged, is captured by Roman's men eating a breakfast sandwich. How did you feel about that whole thing? The gratuitous breakfast sandwich scene? Uh, they were I think really it was a little bit sexual- too male gazy. Yeah. They were really sexualizing a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. I think they were trying to like appeal to us New Yorkers, and it's like, listen, that's kind of stereotypical. We like our bacon, egg, and cheese sandwiches, but and not like that. Yeah, no, no, no one ever makes it to the to the level that she got it made there. I mean, I will get pissed off if I drop my bacon, egg, and cheese oh, on the that's floor. Yeah. They said like an Asian part of Gotham. She was like, it's like in Chinatown, China. yeah. Which I guess is is canonical. I have to double check on about that. I'm, Yogi would know. He's one of the subdematic experts on all things Batman. Um, Zaz informs Roman that Cassandra has a diamond. And Dinah warns Montoya that Roman is willing to kill anyone to get the jewel. As Roman prepares to have Harley killed, she offers to recover the diamond for him. Roman agrees, but also places a, a bounty on Cassandra as well, ensuring that someone will bring him the diamond, either Harley or one of the random mercenaries that are going to answer the call. Uh, this is where you get the scene of Black Mask like eating popcorn while they beat up Harley, and they're going to cut off her face. And this is also where we get the, uh, what is it? Uh, blondes have fun. Uh, g- uh, gentlemen prefer blondes. Gentlemen, gentlemen prefer blondes. That's the name uh, of the movie, and the song is "Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend." That's where we get the callback to that, and it's just this weird moment, I guess, where she's knocked loopy by Roman, and just imagines that everyone in the room with her is a part of this production. Which, uh, which, uh I know our uh, our uh, selves from Earth Two Thirty Seven. Are covering this podcast yesterday, so yeah, yeah. I know that they were talking about the fact that uh, they rather have seen like when she got punched, yeah. Joker, yeah, there, Joker's henchman. She had the history of abuse, so when a man abuses her, I expect to get something from perfect. That. Yo, they did it better in Suicide Squad. Remember in Suicide Squad, what after the whole office fight scene that Harley ended up killing it when, and then she went to the stairs. And she looked down the stairs, and immediately it jumped her back to when she got when thrown she over the, the balcony yeah. into the chemical plant. Yeah. And Deadshot had to be there like, hey, you okay? Yeah. Pull back a little. How does Suicide Squad do that she better? She should be constantly thinking of everything. Like, She should be thinking of her, what her life is now, who she is now. I don't think we got any of that. We don't know what Harley wants. Besides Harley wants a bacon egg. Yeah, that's it. That's all she wants. And you want to talk about one-dimensional? I thought men wrote one-dimensional female characters. What the hell? Anyway. Um, so breaking into the GCPD with a variety of non-lethal grenade launcher rounds, Harley frees Cassandra and the pair escape to the evidence warehouse. Upon an, upon an ambush by goons seeking Cass's bounty, Harley unintentionally inhales impounded cocaine and kills the men. She and Cassandra bond while hiding out at Harley's apartment atop Doc's Chinese restaurant. And Doc um, is approached for information by the crossbow killer, who is revealed to be Helena Bernelli, going under the name Huntress. Having survived her family's massacre and becoming a train, uh, and becoming trained as an assassin, Helena has been targeting each member of the gangsters responsible for the murders of her family. And uh, but Quinn ends up, you know, they end up finding out where she's at because Doc speaks. Would you like to talk about? The the uh, pop gun, prop gun. I really like the confetti gun. Yeah, I do. Well, I would like if it killed, but I like the confetti gun. I kind of feel like it's Harley. Maybe they should have brought the cork gun, the pop gun. Oh, the maybe the fuck the pop. Yeah. yeah maybe they should have. Can you kill somebody with that? <laughs> I think he. I think Joker did did rig it to kill. Like he would pull the trigger and it would come <laughs> out and say bang, and then he would pull it again and it would shoot. 
yeah. the bang into you. Yeah, that makes sense that he would do something like that. Um, do, were you buying her and Cassandra bonding? No. No? Nope, because once again, all I did was reminded me of Russell. It kept reminding me of Deadpool 2. I mean, I guess it, in a sense, it wasn't like Deadpool 2 because here Harley was into Cassandra Kane, but then again, it was a selfish reason why. In Deadpool 2, he wanted, Wade wanted nothing to do with Russell, not because Wade didn't like who Russell was as a person. He was just depressed. He lost, his, he lost the love of his life, and he didn't want to fill that void, and he didn't want somebody being dragged down into that depressing him, yeah. state that he was in, so he tried ripping the bandage off early and telling him, listen, kid, you don't want nothing to do with me. Here, the only reason why they bonded, the only reason why she took them is because she was already said, I know where the diamond is. I'll right. get it for you. Right. So no matter what, Harley already had that state of mind. I'm to going to trade this girl for... He, when she realizes that the diamond is inside of her, he she tries to get it out through, you know, getting her X-lax to poop it. and all that. X-lax, um, getting her to poop it out, right? And when that doesn't work, she just decides to give the diamond whole cloth to Roman by giving her Cassie. She promised, he promised Roman Cassie and when she could not give, I'm sorry, she promised Roman the diamond and when she could not get the diamond out of Cassie, she was fine with just giving Roman Cassie. She was just going to give the entire girl away. Um, So that's your hero. Quinn's apartment is bombed by criminals looking for Cass after Doc betrayed Harley and sold them out. Harley calls Roman and offers to turn Cassandra over in exchange for his protection, agreeing to meet at an uh, amusement park, an abandoned amusement park. Uh, Dinah notifies Montoya of the rendezvous, but Zaz notices that Lance has been texting with a cop and tells Roman. Devastated uh, by Dinah's betrayal, Roman dons his ritualistic mask, from which he gets his villainous nickname. At the park, Montoya confronts Harley, fights her drunk, and manages to hold her own. I don't understand this. Uh, because Harley Quinn just beat up a bunch of men in a warehouse with a bat, but somehow Rosie Perez is giving Margot Robbie some issues here. Um, I want to know some power levels when this film comes out, because none of this is making any sense. None of it. None of it at all. Um, Harley knocks Montoya out of a window. That actually happens. Zaz arrives and tranquilizes Harley before holding Dinah at gunpoint, because he's like, yo, listen, I know what's up. You've been snitching on us this entire time. So he holds Dinah at gunpoint, shoots a trank into Harley, and is like, you know what? I'm going to get Dinah to cut the diamond out of Cassandra. And I'm, what What was he going to do with Harley? Cut her, right? Kill her. He was going to rape her, bro. He, he was going to rape her. He was going to rape her, dude. No, he was not No, I'm serious. Dude, that, I'm, I'm not even like joking. That was my very first thought that came to my head. Like really? he's, He sat next to her. His head was on her shoulder. He was I being very... gay, though. But you know what? What if he's bi? What if he's just pansexual? I, I guess I didn't see a level of sexual depravity. Like I feel like they would have sh- they would have alluded to a level of sexual depravity. Well, for I don't know why. Maybe it's just my just yeah. my inherent the way I see it. But like anytime a guy gets too close to a girl, I feel it's you're, you're bordering you're, you're bordering into like sexual har- harassment territory. I think that's because you have figured out you never want to be in that position. So if you ever walk into a room and somebody's passed out, it doesn't matter if it's a trank, a drink, or anything. You're like. I'm going somewhere else. No, I no, do, no, no. I if, if I go to, if I walk into a party and I see a girl passed out of the couch, I'm leaving the fucking house. That's I'm, what I'm saying. I'm man. out. Because no, man. Then, then, yeah. So I totally get that. That if but, you walked in and Zaz was like that, it yeah, was. I were, guess it was just like that whole um, conditioning. 
Yeah. It had to have been conditioning for me because she was there. She was like all droopy and he sat too close to her and he was like touching her and smelling her. He's like he was being very like sexual yeah. towards her. So whether she's he's bi, gay or pansexual, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, that was a, he was getting a little bit too close for comfort for me. But, well, apparently she just got a high tolerance because it just wears off. Oh, but no, but that was one of the fun. That was probably the funniest scene for me. Because she's just like, she's like limping with her arm and she's trying to stab and she gets the first few stabs. And then yeah, because they by eventually... the third stab, she's just getting her muscle while, memory yeah, back. Yeah, because while this is happening, Helena comes in, right? Yeah. Uh, she, she shoots him in the neck. Yeah. He's killed by Helena, who reveals that Zaz was the last of her family's killers. Um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead playing um, Huntress. So sad because she's actually an amazing freaking actress, but bro. But the thing is, I don't know if they needed her for Huntress. I like, Honestly, I, I, I want to be able to agree with you, but the reason why I can't is because I can't rack my brain of who would play Huntress. It's one of those That's things, my problem. It's one of those things like Jennifer Garner, right? She was in that movie Peppermint. And oh, she had, yeah. She had never done anything like that. Electra? I mean, maybe. But there's a reason why those two things didn't really work. Yeah. Because she's not really that. I just thought in my head, wouldn't this movie have been starkly different? Nothing against Rosie Perez. But if Michelle Rodriguez was Renee Montoya? Yeah. You You know know? I could see uh, Rosie Perez killing it as? Mm. Kegelface from Sex Criminals. Oh, yeah. I was reading it issue 18 today and I don't know for some reason every time she was talking I'm like you just remind me of Rosie Perez <laughs> maybe it's because I was coming here to do the Birds of Prey review <laughs> right, and right. so Rosie was in my head but she could be a perfect Kegel face for me Mary Elizabeth Winstead is, is treated like dirt absolute like dirt in this movie I'm not like Cable like yes cable. even worse um, <laughs> in the sense that Deadpool's joke to Cable was that he was always so serious and always so vengeful and always so full of anger and and vitriol and and determined to Yeah, make but they didn't make pay. a point to keep saying, why is that person always angry? Hey, why are you always angry? Hey, how come you're angry? That person's really angry. They kept well, saying that about her. Thing, yeah, she never, I think at the end, like when she kills Zaz, she's like, yeah, well, I killed the last of my family's killers. But she doesn't sit down on the couch and, and explain in her entirety, you know, um, well, you know, what happened was when I was six, she doesn't give anybody any of that. Um, and she's treated kind of like a joke. They sort of kind of so sad, even though, you know, even though she killed everybody that she needed to, you know, uh, her book is is complete, like how it was an arrow. She's still on this team, I guess. She's still going to do things, I guess. Does she where does she live? Does she get a social security card? Um, how does this thing work? And obviously I'm asking a lot of questions for a comic book movie, but it's like I said again, these questions come into my head when I start not liking the comic book movie that I'm watching. And it, that's what's tragic. Montoya returns and a standoff ensues until the women realize Roman has arrived with a small army of mass criminals. So all the girls... All the girls were going to fight each other. And then, Ooh, and then they found Barracuda! A, all the girls were going to fight each other and then they found a straight white male, or probably a straight white male, to focus their attack on. So, using Harley Quinn's old gear, um, the makeshift team of women successfully withstand and repel all the attacks. They withstand and repel grown men, gunfire, none of them have powers. They were outnumbered. They didn't even have home field advantage because Harley was the only one that knew about the us uh, amusement park. And which is Joker's amusement park that he took Gordon to and killing Joke. So, yay for Easter eggs, I guess. 
I guess. Yeah. Uh, but there was none of the henchmen were there. How does Joker feel knowing that the Ace Chemical Plant blew up? Does he not care that she's going around using? Yo, his no, name seriously, that's something that Joker would like hate because Ace Chemical Plant is a staple in Joker's character. Right. In ev- every interpretation, that's not like. Dark Knight and Joker, Todd Phillips' Joker. Like, anytime you see it in the cartoon, Ace Chemicals is always prominent. It's a big part of who Joker is. Yeah. Like, but yeah, so we're just going to blow it up before we even get a, a franchise? Why are we cutting our legs from ourselves? Because who's to say that Joker, they can't cast somebody to be Joker in the next movie that's not going to be Jared Leto. But they're upset because they feel like Jared Leto was so that Joker. So if they came up with another Joker, it would have to be entirely different. But they also backed themselves into a corner by giving us this Tokyo neon shot front aesthetic and then giving us uh, Spencer's Hot Topic Joker and Harley Quinn. that's the thing that supposedly worked for the marketing of Suicide Squad. Because Suicide kids, man. Suicide Squad looked like it was going to be fun and, and uh, what you call it? It looked like it was going to be colorful and fun and all those kind of things and it eventually ended up not being. But that was, um, you know, that's David Ayer's issue. Uh-huh. I'm upset because instead of instead of Renee pulling out her favorite gun, Dinah deciding that she's gonna use some broomstick as some like you know makeshift uh you know uh, batons. Uh, Cassie doesn't really have a fighting ability. But what, what the hell did did a uh, Hunter's give her and tell her hold on to and close your eyes? What was she holding on to? I don't. I oh don't. Oh my god, you're right. Well, I don't understand what, what the hell that, that was? was or what the point. No, I must have not looked away. No, they must have revealed. Dude, what that no, was. Th- no. I and swear I to God, I wa- I watched this movie three times now. There is no she's payoff. It, she's also holding it when she, when her family gets gunned down as a child. But I thought it was going to be revealed to be something. I thought it was a cell phone or something. Like a, no, like a flip phone. I don't know what it was. She, she literally says, you don't have to, you shouldn't have to see this. Close your eyes, they, hold this, and grip onto they it until. Did it. They must have explained that. I just didn't freaking realize it. And then she comes to her and says, hey, thanks for your gadget or whatever. Can it's somebody like, please let me know? Yes, what that please is. let us know because I'm just now remembering she had something to hold on to. Because and... Cass only had a grenade. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I think Renee had brass knuckles. Um, Black Canary had a bat. Yeah, Black Canary had a bat. Renee had Huntress brass knuckles, had her, her stuff, and uh, what's her? Fi- Harley, Harley had the, had the hammer. hammer, the hammer, the hammer, and new uh, what you call it? A new outfit. She puts on the yellow suspenders. Uh, overall, that was a kind of a fun. I don't know why I kind of like that Joker. It's like uh, where uh, Canary's like, where did she find time to get uh, rollerblades or whatever? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of found that funny. And there's a whole chest full of just Harley Which stuff. Which I'm guessing is just the Easter egg from Suicide Squad. Because that was the same chest well, that, that good, was brought to her. It's good that Joker went into the evidence locker, got that, and then they left. <laughs> and yeah. They, and it's also good that they put it in the, there. But it's also everything. not good. And it certainly happenstance that the gun rack is empty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the gun rack is empty. So you have a hundred henchmen with guns locked and loaded outside with five, four, four girls or five women. With weapons. So if with, we're not with, trying with to melee say... Melee weapons. Melee, melee weapons. weapons of all things. So if we're not trying to be... I, I'd still, I'm still going to st- keep my foot in the line and say that this movie is not being woke, broke, preachy, all men are evil. But they are kind of writing these women to be much more indestructible than most mo- male action star movie characters. I know that's, a, that's far because we have Mission Impossible and Fast and the Furious. But... One minute these guys are cocked, locked, and ready to rock with guns. The next minute they're coming in swinging. Right. So, what what are we doing? You know, like you say, they want to have their cake and eat it too. 
and you can't do that. You can't give me a movie where you can where you give me the possibility that these girls are have to face adversity, but then when you give us the adversity, they win in like five minutes. And how do you give us the climactic fight scene in like the last twenty minutes of the movie? Well, Dude. they win because of Deus Ex Machina. They come out. They forget somewhere in the middle of their Barracuda filled uh, uh, fight scene. They completely forget that the reason why. They were defending themselves was because Roman Sionis was outside with men with guns. And there's also a bounty on Harley, on Cassandra, on the diamond, all of that. How did they forget that Roman was outside? Explain that to me. Explain that. Explain how they forget from seeing him. You know why, George? Because it's so hard to just go back 10 pages on your script and say, huh, where did we where did we leave off? All right, now I can know where to write. They strode God out of there like, they, like they're doing the slow motion walk and um, the right stuff. I'm so glad you said the right stuff and not any other movie that ripped off the right no, stuff. I'm it. so glad that you said the right stuff. I'm so glad you said the right stuff, man. I really thought you were going to say like Armageddon or like no, no, or no. just the they heroes walk from... in every movie. I thought no. you were legit going to say the heroes walk in every movie. And they movie. do that walk in Suicide Squad too, remember? They just, they're just walking Dude, that, the Dude, that walk is in Monsters Incorporated, man. Uh, like right. that, that walk is legit everywhere. What is it? Uh, can we start walking in slow motion? You guys are walking in slow motion? <laughs> <laughs> So, um, <laughs> Dinah reveals her Deus Ex Canary Machina metahuman ability. It was really cool, supersonic though. Supersonic level screaming. Did they die? Did they just fall over? Are they hit with an impact wave? What's going on here? What happened to those people that she screamed at? Are they dead? Uh, something, something. Don't think about it. What about what happened when Hitler cured cancer? Oh, my God. Yeah, I have no idea what the hell... Um. Yeah, I have no idea what the hell they were trying to do with that. But anyway, I did like the chase scene, even though it was it. Watching this chase scene reminded me too much of like Fast and the Furious type yeah. movies because there is no way in hell that you are you are on rollerblades in the front of a speeding Cadillac, so, and you did a front a backflip. Not only that, but like the roads are not perfect. Oh hell no! You hit one rock and you're dead because that that. Skate You're rollerblades, rock. yeah. Skate hits the rock and it's over. Have you ever rollerbladed not going 50, 60 miles? No. Like, you, I, could, I, I will fall rollerblading going five miles an hour. I dude, I will fall just trying ass. to put my rollerblades on and tie the laces. Like, what? So Cut she's literally open. on the on the front of a Cadillac. They're, they are zooming it like 80, 90. And she does a freaking backflip. That yeah. took me so out. It's like, I get you're a gymnast. But come on, guys. You got to do something. But then again, this is a movie that's giving us metahuman. So I guess... Laws of physics don't well, we apply. Haven't, we haven't found out why she's a metahuman. We don't know what the acid is metahuman. Bath, the... We don't know what the acid bath did to her. We weren't told in Suicide Squad whether or not she has a, a tolerance for pain, or whether she has super strength now, or whether she's immune to poisons. We don't know what any. We have no idea. We're supposed to know, but we don't know anything. I guess and we're just supposed issue. to have these theories and then hope they do come nothing through. with it. Dinah's mother was, I guess, the original Black Canary. I'm assuming, uh, and thus. It would have been really cool to get into her backstory. It would have been really cool to get into Helena's backstory. Uh, start right. off the movie with all of their backstories and then have them inch over towards each other instead of doing a half of a Harley Quinn movie and then deciding, oh, oh, damn, we have other women in this. We have to I'm going to fix this movie for you, all of you right now. I'm going to fix this movie for you, okay? Movie opens up at Roman Sionis' nightclub. You get introduced to Black Canary, the first character of the show, of the movie. Bam. From there, you get an introduction of who Sionis is and how he runs things. He's after 
a certain diamond. It all you don't get any more exposition than Zaz get my diamond. Yeah. Zaz get my diamond. What happens now? We have these little cutscenes of R- Montoya because you have to all bugging, blend. Bugging Sionis. No, I- no, no. Even better. Take keep the same scene of her doing the recreating of the crime scene. Have her looking at looking for the huntress. Exactly. Have have Montoya looking for the huntress. Have Canary and having her little change of heart, but no one but Sionis doesn't know. And then have Cassandra Kane being that clutch, being the plot driving forward. Now, if you were to do everything that this movie did without one Harley Quinn scene. Have her bond with Canary, have Cassandra Kane bond with Canary instead. Have Montoya work with Huntress because they're actually after the same thing, even though I, I'm a cop and you're that a killer. Makes it, that, if you do the Huntress Montoya thing, then you're doing Gordon and Batman again. Why not? At this I point, why not? I, I just don't trust them to do it. So okay, fine. You don't trust them to write it right, but, but, it's, but it's, it, it would have been an easy but, but no, But if you would have done this movie straight, Birds of Prey, and do it like this, have these four women going against Sionis, have them. Each them coming together for Harley, a reason. What if Harley ate the diamond? What if Harley ate the diamond by mistake? She got drunk, ate the diamond, and Roman is going to kill her. So now the birds of prey have to protect her. Why did the Guardians of the Galaxy get together? Now remember, this is a group full of, in our perspective, in our context of the movie, not of the comic books. Our context of the movie. These are four criminals. Yes. How did the Guardians of the Galaxy get become the Guardians of the Galaxy because of one stone that they realized was going to destroy all life? And they're like, we may be criminals, but we, you know, we can't. We can be on the same page. We can this. be on the same page and still do our thing. Yeah. Why couldn't we do what we did with Guardians of the Galaxy with the Birds of Prey? It's the same fucking movie, basically. They're going to end up basically. doing it with Suicide, the Suicide Squad because James Gunn's behind that. And I, I, I guarantee you the Suicide Squad is going to be good uh, just because he knows how to deal with those, with juggling those those kind of characters. Um they decided that everyone on here was just going to be surface. That there was not going to be any Har- Harleen behind Harley. You know? There was not going to be any Helena behind Huntress. There's no moments of vulnerability here. Almost like women are not allowed to have a moment, a quiet moment to just be like, damn, this sucks. I guess all the vulnerability would have been in that montage in the beginning, which would have been great to have fleshed out. But And imagine getting a montage of introducing the characters. But the montage... See, the issue with that is that they did that with Suicide Squad. So that's probably why they didn't. Well, I mean, what is a montage other than a, a, a movie apologizing to the audience for reality? Yeah, well, it doesn't want to expo- exposit everything that happened. So they try to show you in like a bit of fascination. There was just so many. My problem with this movie was the, the wasted potential. And there's actually things here that you can make a good movie out of. Yeah. I'm not even going to lie. The whole uh, the way I just fixed this movie right now. I would watch that movie and and fight that that movie's a good movie. I would watch this movie if I mean I already saw it, but if um, Joker was in the Black Mask role. Yeah, basically um, that's that's what we needed. We needed we needed Harley to have that empowerment moment, not just have give us a montage of empowering moments. Well, that's the main issue. That's another big issue I have with this is that the main crux of this is supposedly um, the, like the main crux of, of what gets everything in, in motion is that Harley Quinn gets broken up with. Um, and so this the movie does not start off with our hero making a conscious decision to leave an abusive man. The abusive man decides that he doesn't want to be with her anymore. Basically, so what's the empowering moment for the woman? There, there is none. There is none. Because so once again, after that, she uses his name to get things around town. You so, know? The, and her declaration of 
like I'm leaving him is something done in a moment of drunkenness. Like look at the first episode of Harley Quinn on the on the DC app. Yeah. How hard and how long did they take to have Harley convinced this is not the guy? And even then, it was the Joker having to betray her to make her realize, yeah, he's not who I should be with. Ivy but couldn't she, get through them. She came no to one that could get through it. Yeah. She had to come to the realization herself. Wait a minute, you're gonna kill me right now. No, I'm out of here. Like that is fucking fantastic writing. That's great. That's nuanced. It's showing that I was in an abusive relationship that I had Stockholm syndrome over. But now I re- remembering I'm a freaking PhD psychiatrist. Yeah. She has a PH. Name one. Well, I find Doctor Hugo Strange. Besides Hugo Strange, name one con- like a mainstream villain. There's not many villain. people. There's not many, people There's not many have, DC yeah. mainstream villains that have doctorates. Yeah. And the thing is, like, all of that kind of goes out the window because they don't really under. I I believe that they don't really understand the character of Harley Quinn. No, she they is, don't at she all. Is, she's silly. She's silly and she's zany, but she's not childlike. I'm gonna start reading silly. Harley Quinn books. I think there was a Harley Quinn book in like the the early they, 2010s. An ongoing one. No. No, I mean like like from I gotta look for it, but I think one like the mid 2010s or like yeah. late 2000s. Woman Harley. Hmm? They also have old lady Harley. They have an. Yep. All right, I'm 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 signing I'm off. Telling, I'm telling you, it's a whole thing. Uh, let's finish this movie, though. At a nearby pier, the final confrontation occurs during the preceding argument. Cassandra plants a grenade on Roman's jacket, resulting in his death. In Such a waste of a good villain. In the aftermath of destroying the criminal empire of Roman Sionis, uh, Montoya quits the GCPD. With the money with the accounts uh, hidden inside the diamond, Montoya joins Dinah and Helena in establishing a team of vigilantes, the Birds of Prey. Where'd they get the name? Where's the other birds? You do... Like I have, you know, uh, you know, you know. My problem with the birds of prey is that a bat isn't even a bird. It isn't. So why was they always uh, ever called the birds of prey? I don't know. I think they just want to be called the birds of prey because it sounds like cool, I guess. And it kind of sounds cool. Birds of prey actually would it sound better if all the robins got together? <laughs> Yo, <laughs> that would be the birds of prey. But then but robins, robins are, but are robins aren't predators, robins though. Are predators, yeah. yeah, like that's the thing is they ha- they have to be predators. Is, but a canary is not a, a, a goddamn predator. No, maybe a black one is. All right, listen, sir. You are you 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 are not gonna get away with this. Statistically speaking, it's Troy. But um, <laughs> uh, yo, you gotta stop. <laughs> Harley and Cassandra sell the diamond to a pawn shop and start their own business. In a post-credit audio sequence, Harley is about to reveal a secret about Batman to the audience, but the film ends mid-sentence. Anything else you want to say? You want to talk about the Beaver? I don't even know what I want to talk about. about. The music, the music was uh, James Gunn esque, but uh, tailor made for women. Like if you were going, like if you started talking to a girl, like in her like late twenties in this day and age, and you would ask her what her favorite song is, chances are it's one of the songs in this damn movie. Just yeah. chances. There's a chance that one of her favorite songs is gonna be from that is gonna be featured in this movie. It's just how it goes. I love this cast. My problem with the fact that I love this cast is I didn't get enough of the goddamn cast, especially in a movie. Name the goddamn... I'm trying not to get upset. Well, here's the thing. Name so the Margot goddamn Robbie returns as Harley Quinn. Uh, Harley Quinzel, Harley Quinn, uh, a former um, certified psychiatrist who became a crazed criminal and the Joker's accomplice slash girlfriend. Uh, she 
at the end of Suicide Squad where she's introduced the very first time, she breaks... Oh, no, at the end of Suicide Squad, yeah, they break out of prison. And then in this film, she cuts ties with the Joker after the after they break up. That's what's weird. It says she cuts ties with the Joker after they break up. Well, I'm guessing when he said we're breaking up, that's when the cuts the ties are cut. Uh, anyway, um, we have Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Helena Bertinelli, a.k.a. the Huntress, a vigilante who is the orphan daughter of gangster Franco Bertinelli. Um... Like we were talking about before, we've already seen the Huntress in like Arrow and in other things like that, Justice League Unlimited and stuff. But Mary Elizabeth Winstead, you know, she had that. She got a lot of praise. She's done for her so many great as, movies. Um, Ramona Flowers in another great comic book movie. She was in the Black Christmas remake. She was in. She was the villain in she Sky was in High. Ten Cloverfield Lane. Ten Clover. Exactly. Yo, exactly. Yeah. She was in Ten Cloverfield Lane. She was at, uh, Final Destination Three. Yeah, she was with Dean Laneborn in, in Ten Cloverfield Lane. Um, <laughs> yo, you. This is today your Easter eggs. Today's my Easter eggs. Today's anyway, your Easter eggs. I feel you. Journey Smollett Bell, Bell plays Dinah Lance, aka Black Canary, a vigilante with a medi. I would love to see more of her. Of hypersonic screams, which she inherited genetically from her mama. Lance is also a singer in a club that Sayonis owns. Smollett Bell described Dinah as a disenfranchised and disconnected woman who, um, and someone who doesn't really want to have anything to do with crime fighting or being a good, a uh, good. A good doer, a do gooder woman. So a good doer. Wait, no. You took this off. You took this off. You took this as a quote. She said, "Anything to do with crime fighting or being a good doer, a do gooder." Oh, so so basically, she's like Black Canary is in a sense Deadpool, but for DC and for women. No, but she's also saying is that like we should all know that Black Canary is a sweetheart, but the what the one we find isn't and will eventually become that. But I don't. I don't Not my Black Canary. She did fine. She did fine. Um, Renee Montoya, an alcoholic, cynical detective in the Gotham City Police Department, um, who is building a case against Sayonis. Um, so yeah, Renee Montoya. She's a bit old in the gills for this role. Whoa, but... whoa, whoa. Hey, hold on, hold on. Are we about to disrespect Rosie Perez? Because if we're about to disrespect Rosie Perez... I've just... seen Do the Right Thing, all right? I've exactly. Been... You don't disrespect Rosie Perez in this house. Well, have you this... seen Pineapple Express, man? Maybe this movie should have been... The first 30 minutes of this movie should have been credits of her for dancing to fight the power. Maybe that's how this movie should have opened. Have <laughs> oh, my God. If this movie would have opened up to a Harley Quinn just dancing to the... Well, actually, I think I would have hated it. It would have been the coolest thing. It ever probably would have been the coolest thing, but after I stew on it, I probably would have gotten mad. Like, of all movies you guys chose to do a, a parody of, you chose one of the best movies of all time. Like, Do the Right Thing is a masterpiece. What are you doing? It's terrible. Ella J. Bosco plays Cassandra Kane, a young girl who has a contract who has a contract killing placed on her head by Sayonis after she steals a dude, she has a dude's name. Ali, Jay Bosco is a wrestler name, it sounds like. Ali Wong plays Alan Yee, Montoya's ex-girlfriend that we didn't talk about at all. Ewan McGregor plays Roman Sionis, aka Black Mask, a brutal and iron-fisted crime lord who threatens Cassandra and Harley. McGregor described the character as an absolute narcissist. But before Ewan McGregor was cast as Black Mask, uh... Sam Rockwell was considered to play the role, and Rockwell passed on the role, but was considered the archetype for the casting. So, like I said again, Ewan is playing basically uh, Rockwell playing Roman playing Black Mask. Chris Messina plays Victor Zaz, a deranged serial killer and henchman of Sionis, who carves tally marks into his skin. Big Batman villain, but none of the other Batman villains are in Gotham at the moment. They all went on vacation. Uh, Lady Gaga was offered a lead role in this film, but she turned down the offer. 
Who would you have casted Gaga as? What bird? Canary. Canary? Canary. Makes she sense. sings. She's a singer. Makes sense. And Gaga can actually hit that. Canary is not a... Not, not, not that I... In my opinion, I don't think she is. I think it, a canaries sing. Birds sing. And so you put connect those two things. But here's a big thing. You see, Harley... Uh, the majority of this was... was I mean, this movie is not what it is because... I'm sorry. Without... Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie pitched the idea of this movie to DC and Warner Brothers as a female-led superhero action movie, and they agreed with her vision. I think that's why there's a perception that a PG female-led action film is kind of considered a chick flick, says Robbie, which is why we're going to see an R-rated version of the story. So she thought that a a PG action film would be written off as a chick flick, and now it's R-rated, cutting their audience in half, and... Did she seriously say... That a PG PG thirteen female led action film would be seen as a rom com. Well, a chick flick. I don't know if a rom com is a chick flick. What I mean, what's, the notebook what is, is the true? Flick, what's the true definition of a chick flick? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah it has to be a romance or a romance comedy. How to lose a guy in ten days? You know, um, a failure to launch. Sex in the City, shit like that. Those are chick flicks. You could, are we supposed to, to make me believe that watching Alien or Aliens 2 because it's a female-led action movie is a chick flick? I don't flick? even think Charlie's Angels is a chick flick. No, Charlie's Angels is 100% not a chick flick. You know why? Because it appeals to both the female side of empowerment and fighting and the espionage, but it also has a little bit of eye candy for the guys that want to like sit through it. But it has something for everybody. That's a whole other thing, too. Like, I... I, this is going to sound uh, a little bit much, but I cannot believe that there are women out there who don't want to be sexy and salacious. No, no, you it's know, it's wrong for me to no, think no. that they all no, do. No. I, I think I think I finally no got an understanding women... of it. No, I have an understanding of it. They want to be considered sexy and cute, but they don't want them to be like they don't want to be like they don't have to be half naked and they don't have to be dumb. Like I'm not saying any of that stuff, but I felt like they want to be seen more than just look like they. I women get that they're beautiful. No one is. No one's gonna deny that this woman isn't beautiful. But she wants to be more than just beautiful. Like, what are you if you well, are? Then pick up your egg sandwich from the floor. Then. <laughs> then we'll figure out something from there. You know what it is? It's because they intimidate them sexually and they're racist. Yeah. I, uh, it's, yeah. It's yeah. one of those two. It's one of those two. Either I intimidate you sexually, or it's because you're racist. It has to be. In addition to starring in the in Birds of Prey, Robbie is also on board as a producer uh, with her lucky chap production company. So her hands are all over this thing, man. Birds of Prey is a Lucky Chap is Lucky Chap's largest production to date at 75 million. So her first her first big blockbuster under her own production company will be this film. But she has big plans, Dan. Does she? Yes. It's been rumored that Birds of Prey will be the first movie of a Harley Quinn trilogy. Oh no. The second Why and third are we movies doing this? in the trilogy rumored to be Gotham City Sirens and Birds of Prey versus Gotham City Sirens. Are they really going to ruin Gotham City Sirens like this? I don't think after this she's getting her trilogy. Um initially Oh, this is all just rumor. So I think initially what was going to happen was Suicide Squad, Harley Quinn Joker film, Birds of Prey. I think after Suicide Squad came out, they were like, "Well, just Harley." And you know what? We can squish the Birds of Prey thing in here. You can go back uh 2 years where we talk about DC's slates. And DC had Gotham City Sirens and Birds of Prey, I want to say, as two separate films. I know Gotham City Sirens was definitely going to... Oh, that was a confirmed yeah, slate. That was going to That was gonna do... They were, they were really heavily working on that. I think eventually got changed to this. Um, with, and it's stupid. Anyway, because the Gotham City Sirens are like... 
Catwoman, uh, Poison Ivy, and uh, Harley Quinn, in a, in a way. Um, so why the hell would you establish one team of females, run over to another movie, establish another team of females, and then make those two team of females fight with their only connective tissue being Harley Quinn, of all people? But You they, already know. Yeah, but Civil War had ideological reasons why everyone was, was stopping the fight. There's you think what you think is right and what I think is right is two completely that's different sad, things. But it has nothing to do with the, what, what what was under the surface. It yeah. was but above like the surface. Is on the surface with this. That's everything the problem with these. War, it's Warner's. It I'm gonna go straight up on credit and I, I will throw my name on the line and say that it is not DC that does this stuff. It can't be. It legit can't be that DC that does this stuff. You can't tell me that the same freaking studio that's giving us these cartoons. That's giving us these TV shows on the on the streaming service. That's giving us these. Co- different, those are all different subsidiaries, right? So like, you don't. But aren't they all? It's, it, isn't it like how um with the uh, Feige or or Disney, where it may be little subsidiaries, but it still has one person that's running the show. That this goes through everybody. But they that, don't have a Feige. And people been saying that that's what's been missing from that. That from is the, legit. What's ma- imagine if MCU didn't have a Feige and it did everything that the DCEU did? Imagine you got uh, Iron Man, uh, fucking. Captain America, then the first Avengers, I know, then Civil War, then the first Avengers, and then everything else in between, Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant-Man and all that. Can you imagine how fucked the MCU's timeline would be if you legit did Iron Man, Captain America, Civil War, Avengers 1, and then everything else? Yeah, it would be look like how DC's stuff is looking like right now. So in, in comparison, that's what DC is doing for people that don't understand why we get upset at DCEU's movies. Why is this this so is what they're doing. This movie's underperforming because people don't have the trust in DC anymore. People don't have trust yeah. anymore. I also think the marketing was kind of it's not it's not what the marketing said it was going to be, which was basically a female team up movie. The team up doesn't happen to the end, and it only happens because of circumstances. It's not because the women have agreed to understand each other, like each other, etc. And I love comic book movies. I love females. I've always loved them. <laughs> uh, for some reason, this. Mix didn't work for me. Dog. Um, Dog. I, I also think that this should have probably been a Harley solo film with the Joker. Harley's biggest task, her biggest enemy is the Joker. Is the Joker pretending to be redeemed and trying to rope her back in to the acid. It's trying to pull her back into the quicksand that is a toxic relationship. And with it to have a Harley Quinn movie and have a breakup between the two and not establish that even if he wanted her back, she's realized that that's not what's best for her. We don't have that in this film. Harley Quinn has never realized that the Joker is not what's best for her. At one point, when Cassandra doesn't even recognize who Joker is, she's like, how do you not know who that guy is? Like, almost offended. That kind of pissed me off. Not not the whole... How do you legit live in Gotham and don't know who the Joker is? How do you live in Gotham and Joker's not there? Where is he? What's he doing? Going to uh, Atlantis? Um, he went to Alaska, George. Like I said, this this movie wanted to have its cake and eat it too. It wanted to forget Suicide Squad, but remember Suicide Squad. It wanted to be a female team-up movie, but also a Harley movie. No one asked for this film. Um, like I said, it's a cheap, low-rent Deadpool. Harley isn't Deadpool. Um, her jokes don't land the way it's supposed to. Deadpool, we're led to believe, is a man-child because he will not be, allow himself to be a vulnerable and talk about his emotions. Right? That's what... Yeah. But but when he does talk about his emotions, when he talks about Vanessa, when he talks about fearing death, stuff like that, he's very impressionable. Like, not impressionable, he's very, um, what's the word? He comes off as relatable. He comes off as somebody who 
you know? Like, throughout the jokes, you still think about serious stuff. Harley never stops joking in this film. Yep. He never stops. To even to the point waka, where they're waka. literally life and death situation, and Canary's like, Harley, focus. Yeah. You sure? I guess if you want to look at it as somebody's going to like it. Somebody is going to find a scene like that and like, ha, ha, ha. Or someone's going to find a scene like that. And they'll be like, oh, my God, that's so Harley without actually knowing who Harley is. I, I that's just, the problem. I feel like this didn't need to be rated R. It had no depth. It had no nuance. I don't know Harley more after seeing this film, which is incredible, right? I spent an hour and 50 minutes with somebody, and I don't know them any more than I did prior. Um, the Birds of Prey are criminally underutilized. Black Canary is criminally underutilized. Everybody gets Huntress like five minutes of screen time except for Cassandra Kane and Harley. They hand waved in and hand waved out. Oh, yeah, and I guess they made a team somewhere called the Birds of Prey. And at the end of it, there's only three of them. That was It was Montoya, Huntress, and Canary. Montoya doesn't have a, a, a secret identity. No. She has no secret identity. She's a former cop. What? She's fucked. What are doing here? She's fucked. What? 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 Because Harley and uh, And she worked alongside Harley, who's a felon. (laughs) So what is going on here? Um, It was originally stated at one point that what was supposed to be trapped in the diamond was supposed to be Black Mac's dick pics. I don't know, man. I'm pretty proud of myself. So if my dick pics are about to be leaked... You know, maybe he has a tattoo. Do you. Maybe he has a tattoo. Or maybe that's where all the, the Or maybe he has a tiny penis. Maybe that's where all the man child stuff comes from. What if he has a tiny penis? penis? Yeah. Oh my god. Or Croc bit it once, it's all, it's all like So now he has like a Oh you ever, uh, you ever like, break a twist like in the movie Miss March? <laughs> You've seen the movie Miss March, Horse Dick oh any any viewers that have seen the movie Miss March made by the whitest kids you know group? You know what I'm talking like, about. That's a very weird way to describe. No, no, those there's people. there was a. I understand. You, you no, remember? I, yeah, I you the remember reference. that show, yeah, The Whitest Kids? You know? Yeah, I get the reference. They made I, it. They made a movie. Um, a great movie. Yeah, Harley isn't Deadpool, man. There should have been more heart with her. There should have been more overcoming emotional boundaries. She's a psychiatrist. Let's get in her head. Let's get in other people's head. Doesn't happen. Uh, I just feel like the movie kind of just failed itself, um, and I'm sad. I am sad that I didn't like it. I and I hope. That you guys write in and tell me what, you know, third, fourth viewing, you know, what I could look out for to enjoy it a little bit more. Maybe I am too tied to comic books. Listen, man, I've seen this movie three times now. And as three times, I will tell you, if you, if by your second viewing or by your third viewing, you haven't liked it yet, just, you know, just move on, man. We, we, you have, go watch Doom Patrol. Please. Like, no, I'm telling you, like, if you don't like this movie, please, like, if you want a team. To form up, you want if you want a women, nuanced team that goes through depression and breakups and heartaches and shit and like strong women and and uh, empowering women and you know going inside the mental the mental capacities of of somebody with with mental issues, all of that stuff done well in Doom Patrol and it's also DC, so you get to support what you want to. But thank you for supporting us, man. You listened to this episode; it came out a bit late because, as I alluded to earlier, we actually recorded this podcast yesterday, and because of, I guess, my vitriol towards Birds of Prey, Warner Brothers shut us down. So now I'm a bit more calmer, more exhausted from all the yelling I did yesterday. And uh, you guys get this episode of Birds of Prey. We got this episode comes out today. Uh, we're gonna have an article coming out soon. We're gonna have our award show coming out even sooner than that. So to make sure that you are following everything that we're doing and we're, that you're up to date, you could always hear episodes of the Major Issues Podcast at comicbookclick.com. Comicbookclick.com, C-L-I-Q-U-E. It's the one-stop shop for all the things that we do. The Major Issues Podcast, our merchandise at Public, major articles, and all the news that has to do with Comic Book Click as a brand. Um, we've been doing this for over three years at this point. 
um, and you guys have been rewarding us by staying loyal, telling friends to tell friends, and uh, sharing our podcast. So thank you for listening to this episode. Go to comicbookclick.com, look through those past episodes, and you'll find something. You'll find a gem, I'm telling you. Uh, besides that... Every episode is a gem, my friends. Oh, thank you. Every episode is a gem. Um, we also have... Like I said, we have merchandise on TeePublic. Um uh, tell a friend and tell a friend about the podcast. Rate and review us on iTunes. It's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters and gain a bigger audience. Um, some people want to hear something like what we have to offer but don't know that we exist. So if you see something funny, if you thought any of this was insightful, let your friends know that this is the podcast you're listening to. And write in. You can write in. You can comment on every single episode of the Major Issues Podcast literally on comicbookclick.com. Pick an episode and just write in the comments. We get emails letting us know what you guys have to say. And we will read those comments on air you know, uh, when it's pertaining to the particular subject so that you your voice could be heard. Comic Book Click is all of us. We host it, but you guys are um, a part of the Major Issues podcast as well. So, we are Click. That's it. Yeah. We you, are Click. You can reach us by going to facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click, or use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. Uh, we're at Major Issue CBC, but again, the main thing comicbookclick.com all of our stuff is on there so our facebook happy. link our 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 instagram link twitter all of our stuff is available at comicbookclick.com and that's also the only home for the major issues podcast it's available wherever podcasts are found podbean stitcher podcast addict apple podcast app google podcast but the home is comicbookclick.com so do not forget that my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. I am Dan, the comic book man. This has been our Birds of Prey and the emancipation of one fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn, a.k.a. Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. But remember, whether or not you're a drunk cop disgraced from the force, whether you dropped your egg sandwich or you've eaten a diamond and you're just waiting to poop it out, whether your dick pics are stuck in said diamond, whether you should have been played by Sam Rockwell, or whether this movie should have ever existed, none of that matters. Because you are a member of the clique, and you, yes, you, are worthy. <laughs>